Kevin Pro with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Heather Parody. Heather, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Kevin, it's an honor. Thank you so much. Uh, we were talking off camera just uh, how many intersections our lives actually had, and it was it's really cool to see even you know places we grew up and and even places we've been and places we have family and just so many intersections. But uh, yeah, I, and I'm famous for stalking people on Facebook, so yeah, I'm just <laughs> self self professed right there. So. Tell our listeners a little bit about Heather Parody. Sure. So I host uh, the Unconventional Leaders podcast and I own my own business. It's online, fully digital. So I do coaching, consulting for mission-driven leaders who want to spread their messages through uh, online media, which I think is a super powerful, powerful tool. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are really afraid of it, but I think this is the time for good people and leaders, people with a calling on their life to use these tools to spread um, hope and what God has called them to do. And so it's just a joy what I do. I have a therapy background and uh, love psychology, but uh, this is what I felt called to do. So I've been doing it for the past three years. I have awesome two little kids, which you may hear in the background. So forgive me, an incredibly patient husband. And we live in Georgia. Living in Georgia. So were you in Georgia based on your, your job before, or how did you end up there versus I mean, you kind of have a Midwest background and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you, you had been lived in some different places and, yeah. and uh, migrated from here to there. And yeah, uh, well, short, the short version of it is military. My husband's in the Navy. Um, and then he, when he went reservist, uh, we decided to stay cause we like Georgia so much. We just decided to call it home. So. Now I did actually hear that you kind of have a cl closet desire to live in LA. There's something about there, my people or something like that. Is that research friend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen though, because my husband has major, major uh, anxiety around all that traffic. He can't stand it. It's easy for me because I just sit in a passenger seat and, you know, text on my phone while he's driving. But <laughs> Listen to podcasts. That, that. <laughs> so there's so many things to, to take the attention when, you know, yeah. well, you can multitask for sure. So, well, I'm, I'm anxious to hear kind of the transition from, um, you know, the, the work you were doing before and stepping into this role. I mean, was it a, was it a pretty direct line or was it kind of a <laughs> no. serpentine? <laughs> yeah, no, through that. incredibly, incredibly scary. Um, and you know, what's so interesting is out of all the interviews I've done, I'm sure you've seen this time and time again, uh, Kevin, with, with what you do this is such a common story. You, you get in, in something and there's something kind of nudging you or you want to explore, you want to try something, but it's so terrifying because you have time investment in uh, one career and one path. And, you know, we're grownups, we have responsibility. And so trying to navigate what is um, the responsible right thing to do and also to honoring what's within you. It's a really weird balance. So, you know, I'd spent um, about seven years in school and got this master's degree. And one thing that I really wanted to do, got the job, got all that stuff and just felt uh, really empty. Um, what I was doing was good. And I think that's what's so hard is making, you know, when something's wrong, you can say that oh, this is wrong. I need to move into what's right. But when something's good, and saying no to something good to say yes to something greater. I think that's what's really, really hard. It's not that I hated what I was doing. It's just there was curiosity and a snudge. And I believe it was God calling me to do what I'm doing now. But it was terrifying because one was secure. One had a steady income paycheck. One had um, an easy answer at the Christmas party to what you do. One felt um, secure um, the other one felt terrifying. And honestly, it was very embarrassing stepping away from something that I wasn't sure of to pursue something unknown. 
but um, it's been messy and it's been bumpy. And I feel like I'm just now getting a really good grasp on um, where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I'm three years in, which three years in hindsight is not that long, but man, when you're walking in it, three years is a really long time. You're like, what am I doing? Was this the right decision to make? So, so yeah. It's kind of like dog years. I mean, three years in podcast world is what, like 21? I mean, because like you know, there's such a steep learning curve. Something but like yeah, um, I, mean, I love the whole idea of, you know, just where you, you kind of thought uh, there's this kind of internal nudge or there's, mm-hmm. this, there's something that is, even in the midst of something good, there's something that's just not quite right. Like, yeah. like all the gears aren't meshing perfectly together. So tell, walk us through that transition where you're sitting there at your desk, you're, you know, you're, you're thinking, I just got a master's degree in this. What am I doing thinking even to, to walk away from this type thing? So walk us kind of through that, that process. Sure. Did it overlap for a while? Did you kind of moonlight? Podcasting I didn't even make it to the desk. I didn't even make it to the desk. Oh, I, right. um, I got the job offer. Um, I got two job offers and bawled my eyes out and didn't want to take them. And um, my husband was just like, Heather, most people don't cry when they get job offers. They get really <laughs> excited. Uh, but I knew, and this is, this is God for you, is uh, the night that I wrote the email and declined it, when I hit send, I looked at my inbox and there was an email from somebody saying, Hey, I want to hire you to help me with this. It was in within the digital space. It was just enough, you know, money, a little, you know, it wasn't supplementing the income. I just mm-hmm. took away, but it was a sign to me. I'm like, wow, sure. I didn't even look for anything. And here's something, some, somebody already in my inbox, you know, wanting me to help them with this or that. Um, I had started the show a few months prior. So I was, wrapping up my schooling and going on the move to Georgia and starting the show. But um, yeah, I, I didn't even make it to the desk and I'm glad I didn't because I'm an all or nothing type of person. I think if I would have started down that path, I'd, I never would have taken a leap. It was really the perfect transition. I, I mean, so that, that to me is just in itself is an interesting um, because I mean, you knew pretty early in the process that this is not the right path to take. Did you know what the path was that you needed to take? Or did you just say, I know what I'm not supposed to do. Now I've got to go figure out what I am supposed to do. I felt like you. Um, and I think you really need to pay attention to what are you naturally curious and excited about? Because I think we're all uniquely made. And the uniqueness of the individual is something I could talk about all day long. I think it's fascinating. Some people just love writing. I hate writing. Like, they're, you know, what are you drawn to? And I was so drawn to media and the power of the internet. I think it's fascinating. I can sit here and talk about online business all day long and people like, I'm amazed that people get bored and they don't want to talk. I'm like, what? This is the coolest thing. So what do you do in your spare time? What do you get really, really excited about? I'm convinced you can make money almost doing anything. Like I've, I don't know if you follow Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn is an incredible incredible human, um, that if any, anyone is curious about how they can turn their hobby, excuse me, into something profitable, he has people who are fly fishers, people who, you know, study plants and figure out ways to make money doing it. And so it, it equated freedom to me. I realized that, um, there wasn't one path and that you could really design the life that you wanted to live. And for me, I really wanted to spread a message and I wanted to impact a lot of people. And I knew the best way to do that was through the internet and through media. Um, so yeah, I would just say, follow curiosity, um, trust the uniqueness, the thing that God put in you, the natural desires that you have, the natural talents, the natural abilities, all of those things are there for a reason. They're not there to torture you. 
So what was the, the initial impetus? I mean, you didn't wake up one day and just thought, I love the digital space online. So what was the, you know, walk us back along the timeline backwards, even maybe even pre master's degree. I mean, there was probably some interest or some involvement. Was it through social media? Was it, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just, I I love just being online and Googling things. I mean, what was the kind of, it was was really the personal development self-help journey. Um, I got exposed to that. Um, I started a photography business and someone invited me to a mastermind group and I started getting around other business owners and people who were thinking outside the box and building things. And I just became addicted quickly. I just loved the idea that somebody could take an idea and turn it into something. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, So I just started reading a ton, listening to a ton of podcasts. And the reason that I started a podcast is podcasts really changed my life. Like I um, my mind, like just was blown by all the possibility out there. Um, I was, I was just internally changed and I wanted to do the same thing for other people. So I would say personal development's kind of what led me was my entry drug into it all. You know, I, I got you by 30 years, but you know, we're, we're just brothers from another mother because I mean, as I'm hearing you describe your journey, I mean, there's just so much similarities, you know, really? even awesome. just to, to, I mean, just the, kind of the thought process and, and how I even got into this space as well. So really, did you, um, Dr. Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, do you listen to all of them? Yeah. I mean, so certainly the five people you hang out with, and I, I tended to be hanging out with people online as much as I, I hung out with people, you know, in, in my space or in what I was doing at the time, but just the whole idea that said, um, you know, I love podcasting so much that I was consuming the content as fast as the really good, the ones I wanted to listen to Absolutely. that could create it. Absolutely. So I just, it was the, one of those where I'm thinking, you know what, I've listened to about a thousand entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial on fire, you know, episodes and Pat Flynn episodes. So actually I'm going to have to start doing this so I can actually have some, some more things to listen to. And I love the idea of just hearing stories like yours tonight, Absolutely. you know, just the, the backstory. So you and I are hopping on an elevator. We're going to go up about 10 <laughs> floors. You've got Let's about 45 seconds. I am so curious to hear you really drill down and, and say, this is what I do. This is what I do within the podcasting space? No, just this is your elevator pitch to me. I'm, I'm a potential client. We're stepping on an oh. elevator. And we, I, I'm going to push that button and it's going to start going up and I'm going to get off of my floor. Sure. You've got, I help you, you spread 30. your message online. That's it. In, in what what respect? Well, it depends on what you what you want to do because some people tear it's terrifying to start a podcast. So I don't think you should. Everybody, I get asked this all the time, Heather, what should I do? You should not do anything. There's no should to it. What is in your hands? What are the tools in your hands? How can we amplify that? So are you a writer? Do you want to put out written content? Do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to do a YouTube channel? Like what is the natural thing inside of you? Let's amplify that and then think smart strategically about how we can, you know, make that into a scalable model where you could actually start monetizing it and make a business out of it. So who is your ideal avatar? Yeah. Mission driven leaders. I I work with people who have a mission outside of making money. Um, I think making money is awesome. And I want to work with people who aren't afraid to talk about that, but I love working with kind of people in the helping space. So whether I, I, I attract a lot of therapists, which is really interesting to me because I've never, uh, I don't barely talk about that. That's when it was my background, but they're naturally drawn to me. Uh, Therapists, teachers, really good 
people who, again, are in it for impact and making a difference in the world, uh, but they're not so techy. Sometimes they really are afraid of the tech stuff and just need somebody to kind of hold their hand and walk them through um, just that beginning stage because it's really scary. And, you know, I want to give everyone just kind of a, a grace card that if it scares you, that's okay because we weren't innately born with a microphone in our hand and a camera in our face in this thing called the internet where potentially a video could go viral and millions of people could watch it. You know, people are like, Oh, I shouldn't be so nervous. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like it's okay to be nervous about it. And until you build that skill set of getting comfortable and putting out content and building up that presence, it's not an innate skill that we should have. <laughs> I, what a great, Word. I mean, because you're exactly right. I mean, how many times have, you know, we turned on the camera and, and we started the podcast interview and we, we just chat and we're thinking, you know what, what am I doing here? Yeah. I mean, the imposter syndrome kicks in the, I mean, all these fears and, and insecurities and you're thinking, am I, am I, am I going to stop talking in the middle of the interview? Am I going to ask dumb questions? I mean, yep. Is that person on the other end of the mic going to think, what in the world are you on about, my friend? It's you hard. Know, that yeah. type of thing. But there, there's also a sense that when you are kind of in your, your area of, uh, I know I've heard people talk about flow. I've heard people talk about a number of different things. But when, when you are in your space that the way you, you mentioned earlier, the way God wired you, there is something just uniquely energizing mm -hmm. about that too. Absolutely. And I can tell, I mean, just watching you online, I can see there are so many times that you just kind of hit another level. You know, it's like a, a runner that's hitting that five mile high, you know, that says, yeah. you know, it's, it's no longer, I'm, I'm no longer in pain anymore. I'm kind of broken through that threshold. And it's like, that. you know, things yeah. are really starting to click, you know, and you yeah. can tell the difference. You can tell the difference when people talk about that. So I mean, but it comes through action, you know what I mean? Oh, no People question. Like, oh, they want to, I, I want to be at that level, but you have to be willing to be a beginner. You have to be willing to look stupid and feel stupid and all of it. And it takes a lot of humility. And that's why I go back to the mission driven piece. And it's not just some cute thing to say. It's when you are doing it because you have a clear vision of something you want to an impact you want to make, it's a lot easier to kind of hang in during that embarrassment and the hard times because, you know, rising tide is not just for me. It's about other people. It's about impacting other people. I'm willing to put myself on the line and be uncomfortable and be scared and push the boundaries because of the vision I have and the calling that's on my life. And that's why we always have to return to that because otherwise we'd be bailing ship. We'd be like, forget this. You know? <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, when the tough times come, you really have to have that anchor point to, to go yeah. back to and say, okay, what is, you know, what's my why? Absolutely. I'm, I'm really kind of curious. I mean, you've, you've kind of danced around that a lot, you know, in the interview already, but drill down a little bit on that. I mean, so what would you say really gets you out of bed in the morning? What is the, the why that drives you at its very core level? Yeah. Well, the long-term vision is I want to have a full media company with a team one day and produce um, really impactful content that models hope to hopeless situations. So I have a huge heart. I was, when I was studying psychology, it was for um, at-risk youth. And I worked with at-risk youth for years and years. My dad actually grew up in the foster care system and has a crazy story. And the intention is always to create stuff with them in mind. I want to 
show what's possible and that um, what the show's title unconventional leaders is not there by accident. I really believe that the, and even though Seth Godin disagreed with me, I love the title. I think that um, those who think outside of the box, those who feel a little bit different, those who goes against the grain, those who feel like they have all odds stacked against them. I think they have a great advantage because um, a, they have a lot of more grit, but B, they're also able to reach people in a way that I'll never be able to reach or you'll never be able to reach because of their own unique story. And so I feel really drawn to that people group. Um, it's going to take a lot of money to do what I, I want to do long term because I don't want to obviously monetize teenagers. So I've got to figure out that's been my intention for the past few years is to build up a business that I can eventually kind of walk away from and uh, do things just from the heart without having to think about money. Well, and I think as you scale that up, I mean, you, you really have to get to the point kind of like the E-Myth book talks about, you know, where you're working mm -hmm. on your business instead of in it. That's I mean, right goal. now you yeah. are kind of the core Absolutely. of, you know, of, of the businesses you created Absolutely. and what does it look like to scale, you know, to 10X that, or what does it look like to, to broaden, you know, your scope so much that you virtually can step out of it and the machine continues to, to turn based on the vision and the, and the mechanism you put in place and it really loses nothing, yeah. you know, in that it's other hard. than the fact it's, it's just tricky. vigorous exponential and it's very difficult to do for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Very difficult to do. But so, possible. But possible. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah. I mean, we've got examples that, you know, we watch all the time that of how people that have done that. So mm -hmm. um, walk us through a little bit. They kind of, the, I mean, you started this, you say three years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's been kind of the, the, circuit that has that the business the cycle of the business has gone through in that this last oh, three sure, years has sure. it been a just a steady upward hockey stick to the right up and to the right or oh, you know you have to figure out a skill set that you can monetize something that it brings value to the table and so going into something with uh, really no skill sets you know I, I knew psychology if you want to talk about why you were sad we could do that all day long but <laughs> That wasn't going to you know, cut it uh, with what I wanted to do. So really what I needed to do is figure out a way to be home and have freedom where I could uh, make my own hours. And so I did freelance work for probably the first full year um, where I did mostly uh, podcast production. Um, I did repurposing content and making just marketing pieces for small business owners. I was just a freelancer. That's what I did, which was such a great thing because it, I got to see the back end of a lot of different businesses and the way they were doing things and a lot of different marketing models. And so it was really, really cool. Then I moved into kind of more of a project management role my second year where I was working with uh, clients on a, a, a broader scale, um, looking at, you know, marketing campaigns and helping plan events and launching products and stuff like that. Um, again, it was kind of more of a freelance type model where, you know, I was contracting my work and stuff, but again, it was just kind of that next level of, um, you know, getting in the learning business and figuring out the online space. And this past year I've, I've moved, uh, into consulting and I have a membership site and courses where I help, uh, people who are starting off get, get their foot in the door and start building in some income stream and, and all of that. I've been have hosting masterminds probably for the past five years. I was hosting masterminds, uh, before I even took the leap before grad school, I was hosting them in my home. So that's always been in the picture. Um, I, I didn't start monetizing them until this year. They were always free. So the, the idea of masterminds are most of these I'm assuming are online. 
they at are this now. stage? They are now. Yeah. When I was uh, starting off, they were in person and then I moved online and they were still free. And I did that for about a year, build it out to about three different teams where people were leading them without me, which was great. Um, but as you know, with anything, it's very short lived when you're not putting a price tag on it. So uh, free services are great, but they're also normally short-lived because uh, people don't take them very seriously. So when we started monetizing them, started getting a lot better results, and then that's another income stream. And the the idea that I mean, you're also probably drawing a, a slightly different clientele with a with a price point for sure. I'm I'm yes, assuming. Absolutely, absolutely. So walk us through the. Uh, I'm gonna keep going back. To this walk us through because I mean, there's just so many questions that I can ask you. That that uh, I mean, the things that you say, they're just I can I can attack them from so many different angles because it it is like I said, it just resonates so much with with me really at a very base level. But I'm just really curious if if you were going to start this again tomorrow, if you were just going to do something new tomorrow what would that process look like? Because I think it, it helps so many of our listeners to really, you know, to have people like you to walk us through this that says, you know what, here are, here are two or three really concrete steps that I would take tomorrow to kind of get the ball rolling and really step into this new life, so to speak. Get myself out of the day-to-day function of the business as much as possible. So start, th- you, you mentioned it earlier, working on your business instead of in it. So start from the very beginning, even if you are a beginner, even if you have $0, think along the terms of a CEO of the business and looking at how can I get myself out of the grind of it as soon as possible, even if that's hiring somebody overseas for five, six, seven, eight dollars an hour, how can I build systems and processes in place? I can move myself out of it and look at the bigger picture because you're capping yourself with how much money you can make when you're the only person in the business. Now it takes a lot of courage because yeah, it's money. And who has money when they're starting off? I mean, like it's it's really, really tricky. But even if you're not able to make that leap, if you could start thinking along those terms. Um, and, and a really practical thing you can do is let's say there's app, Heather, there's zero way that I could ever pull myself out of the production piece of this or the grind of it. Go ahead and build out a duplicatable system for what you're doing for when you are ready, it's already there. Because a lot of times people bring someone else in and it takes too much time to train that person because, well, I've just been doing it this way for so long. I don't even know what I'm doing because I'm just doing it. Well, if you can think along the terms of like, what am I doing? Can I build out something that if somebody else comes in, I can literally hand them this spreadsheet, this, you know, this folder, and they can do what I've been doing. I think that, um, that faithfulness to detail would pay off long-term because you're preparing the way for somebody else to come in. You know what I mean? You're kind of setting the table and setting that energy, setting that intention. Um, I wish I would have started stuff like that sooner, thinking along those lines sooner. I wish I would have monetized better. Um, I wish I would have um, set higher price points and valued my time a little bit more and not been so afraid. That's really, really tricky and hard because you don't want to come in and be like, I'm going to charge five grand and you suck and you need to figure things out. Like there is a level of humility there, but also too, you can kind of get stuck in that where you think it's humility and it's really insecurity and people, there are people who will pay you. And, um, if you do a really good job, um, yeah. So own your worth. I mean, there's so many things I would do different and I need to work on them. I mean, we could sit here all day long and talk about that. But I think those are the things that come to mind off the bat. I love this. Let me, let me do a really, just a really quick recap. And I, I just love the whole idea that, you know, you mentioned kind of from day one, start thinking like a CEO, mm-hmm. 
you know, like you thinking, I think as the owner of your company, even if you are a company of one, as Paul Absolutely. Jarvis loves to say, but, and the idea of just, you know, outsourcing as soon as possible, you know, kind of offload the things that, that you can offload, even if it's like you said, even if it's, yeah. at, you know, three, three, five bucks an hour overseas, scale as soon as you can, um, build out a duplicatable system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that whole idea, even from, from all these from day one, you know, really prepare for your replacement prepare for somebody to take over for you, you know, it, from the very beginning. That goes back and, to my, I have to give credit where credit is. When I was in youth group, when I was a teenager, I remember I had this drama teacher and I remember him looking at me and he said, leaders work themselves out of a job. Mm, Always yeah. think that way. And I took that to heart. I mean, like I still think about that in business, even though he was telling me about the drama team, but it's so, it's so true. Like if we go into it with that mindset of like, I'm only here until somebody's, you know, comes in to replace me. That is, that is thing. so true. And, and I, I, the, the very last point that I think you t- touched on there was kind of, you know, don't be afraid to, to put a, put the, a true value on your service, you know, mm-hmm. value what you provide. Let's, let's camp out just a little bit on that because I think that is such a, a crucial point for, for us to discuss. So how do you, how do you get past that? Because that is, that is such a sticking point for so many people. Well, first of all, no, it's a sticky point for everybody. So the indication of fear and insecurity around that is not a hint that you are on the wrong path. It just is a hint that you're a human and that we all deal with that. Kind of a trick that I've used and I really advise people starting off is I, I say do a tier. So let me, for the sake of argument, let me say you're a freelance photographer. Um, there is truth that you need to gain expertise before you start charging a really good amount. But the way that you kind of can guard against that is say, okay, my first three shoots are going to be this really cheap price. And you hold yourself to that. The next three, five shoots are going to be this price. And you slowly put a cap on every, every bit that you're going to do for that, that, that price point until you work your way up to the point that you want to be. So you are learning, you are growing, but you're also forcing yourself to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I did three shoots at that price point. It's time for me to level up. If you're busy, if you are getting people, like you're constantly getting clients in the door. It is always time to go up period. Did you hear that listeners? Could you say that one more time? (laughs) If, if you are constantly getting business in, it is time to go up on your prices. Uh, that is what a great, I mean, if, if you said nothing else in this 30 minutes, we've been talking that, that is the gold right there. That that's worth every bit. I mean, you said so many other things that are, that are just so crucial to, you know, those that are kind of early stage in their journey and, and really want to learn from somebody that's, that's ahead of them on the path. But that last thing, that is so very true. That is so very true. And I think so many of us are, you know, we'll get to the point where, you know, we're, we're at capacity and we just mm-hmm. kind of stagnate you know, and how do you, how do you kind of cycle to that next level? And what a, what a great, I think that's really, I I love the tiered idea too. I mean, I'm kind of launching something on the side too, and I'm starting like, like the beta is, you know, this level, but that's only for the first say three to five. And then the the next level. And then that's going to create that, that kind of scarcity where people are like, Oh man, you know, this is really exclusive and I've got to, I've got to get in on it. I mean, let people know. And that also too creates you mentioned what would you do over again? Boundaries, boundaries. Everybody say boundaries with me. Um, creating, you've got it from the beginning, really set your stake in the ground that you have boundaries in your business and people have to respect that. And, and they will, 
But otherwise people are really going to roll over you. They're like, Oh, what's up? You know, Kevin, you're going to give me a deal and all this stuff. And we, we've got to be secure and, and kind of hard headed about, you know, our boundaries and our, otherwise we're going to get burnout. Um, we're going to become angry and resent our clients and the work that we do, which would be just a really sad thing. I, I, I love that what you just mentioned there, because I, I'm even, I kind of had out of body experience there as you were talking about that because I'm thinking, you know, I've, I've got a client that I'm working with right now that we, we didn't really establish the ground rules that well. Yeah. And the, the yep. things that they're asking for right now are so out of scope that I'm like going, that's a, that's a lesson. I've got to, I've got to really, you know, learn that lesson that next time we got to really clearly outline expectations. I've been there. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's part of the beta process is, is really figuring out what you can do, what your capacity, and that's part of the boundaries you were talking yep. about. So yep. I, I really love that. So what's, uh, as we, we wrap up tonight, I mean, what are some things that, that I haven't touched on that you just kind of want to leave us with that are, you think are just really would be valuable to our listeners and just let people know where the best place to find you online. Sure. So you can find me online everywhere at Heather Parody, heatherparody.com, Heather Parody everywhere. Um, <laughs> And Unconventional Leaders is the podcast if you need some inspiration. Uh, but as far as action steps, listen, you are never, ever, ever, ever going to feel ready. It's never going to feel like the perfect time. You're never going to feel 100% confident. Um, what you just said, Kevin, was really interesting. You know, you said that you had this boundary issue of like, okay, these clear expectations need to be drawn. So now I know next time this that is entrepreneurship that is leadership is this constant pivot and constant action learning pivot action learning pivot and when you can go into it with that mindset that it's not this linear path where i make a decision and everything works out it's this crazy bumpy road and that you have to be willing to change and pivot and grow and quote fail failure is just data hey this didn't work out how do i need to shift and adjust period. And that's literally, I truly believe the only thing that separates quote successful people from people who aren't successful is they're humble enough and willing to say, yeah, I'm going to fall on my face like 15 times. And you know what? I'm going to wipe the sweat off and I might be bloody and I might be nasty and I may be a hot mess, but by God, I'm showing up tomorrow and I'll see you in the morning. That's the only difference. What a, what a way to wrap up the, the, uh, the chat tonight. I mean, so we get, we, I got to buy one, get one free on our little masterclass here at the end. So, you know, she gave us a freebie at the, the, the second one was as good as the first one. So Heather, thank you so much for just taking the time tonight and just really sharing with our audience and really sharing from your heart. I mean, just the, the gut level, it's a, you know, here's, here's mistakes we've made. Here's things we've learned along the process. And just really how I, I, I am speaking to you like I would, we're just having a cup of coffee, you know, in a coffee shop that I really want you to succeed. You know, just that was, that's been your, your mindset and your heart set, you know, the entire chat. So I am, I'm really grateful for you taking the time and just really playing your part and just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Heather, thanks again. It's been an absolute honor. I don't take this for granted. Thank you so much.